Welcome to the Financial Planners Southeast Asia podcast, a show dedicated to driving the positive evolution of financial advice, specifically within Southeast Asia. To join a global community of financial advisors sharing and learning with one another to drive the positive evolution of financial advice, head to xyadvisor.com. Welcome to another episode of the Financial Planners Southeast Asia podcast. Gwen here, and today I am with Ray Manigos, a licensed financial advisor and entrepreneur based in the Philippines. Welcome to the show, Ray. Hi, Gwen, and hi, everyone. Hello. It's nice to be here. Yeah, yeah. So thank you so much for agreeing to be with us or at least be with me today to talk about your experience as a financial advisor. So before anything else, I'd like to have our, our listeners have an idea of, of you as a, a financial advisor and how you got into this industry. So like, how did you get into financial advice? Okay, so hello everyone. Um, I started this career uh, back when I was in working during my first job uh, back mm. in 2020. Yeah, 2020, during the pandemic. Mm. But um, oh. how did mm. I get into advice? I think uh, there's a deeper, deeper sense to that, a deeper story to that because uh, ironically, I grew up in a family that didn't believe in insurance. Mm, yeah. yeah. Um, I grew up in a family who who had no insurance. I mean, mm-hmm. they once had, but then eventually through time they decided to withdrew with, mm. withdrew it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when I talked to my parents after being a financial advisor, they also told me that mm. that they didn't know what it was for. Mm. So that was like mm. a trigger to me that okay, so way back mm. before, like years before. In the Philippines, insurance is not something, is not seen to be important, right? Mm, yeah. So mm. when I grew up uh, in, because before, like, um, if I go back to the story um, mm. of how I grew up, how we were raised. Mm. So I grew up in a family that used to not worry about money at all. That's why they, mm. they didn't think that insurance was important because... Yeah they can do whatever they want. They can travel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then mm-hmm. They can build a house whatever they want because we had mm-hmm. a business before. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. at least that's what we thought. Uh, we mm-hmm. thought that uh, financial protection was not important just mm-hmm. because we had a business, just mm-hmm. because life was com- comfortable that time. Mm-hmm. I studied in an international school. I was active mm-hmm. in a lot of activities. Mm-hmm. And I, so, so are my siblings as well. But mm. everything turned yeah. 360, literally, mm. <laughs> when yeah. my grandfather got sick. Mm. So um, my grandfather got sick when I was already in college. So I was like well aware of how things are going already. Yeah. And yeah. all those years up until college, I lived comfortably. Mm. So when my grandfather got sick, that's when I realized Whoa, in just a snap of a finger, everything was different. Mm, I had yeah. to transfer school. My mom had to had to juggle everything just to uh, find tuition for me. And because mm. my, my grandfather got sick already and eventually he died. Mm. And when he mm, died, mm. we had to, during the process, we had to sell all our assets. Mm. 
mm. because we in it, because primarily we don't have income protection and yes yes um I, I knew about insurance already when I started working. So when I started mm. working, a financial advisor came to me and mm. told me what insurance was all about. And that's when I realized, mm. whoa, when we had this before, like when, when my grandfather had this before he was diagnosed, mm. we, we could have lived a, a better life. I mean, mm. things would have been different, you know? Yeah. I mean... Yeah. I, I have no regrets at all. I mean, I don't mm, want this yes. podcast to be all sad and <laughs> full of tears. Yeah. So yeah. everything went well. Man. So like everything is better now. Mm. So um, the listeners won't be oh, depressed. <laughs> Too sad. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't want this to be a sad podcast. But, you know, reality check. Reality yeah. check. So that's why when the financial advisor told me about what insurance was I got I I immediately got my first plan and Mm. he told me that if you have this story why not be a financial advisor and share it Mm. to the world and I was like Mm. oh yeah maybe I can do that so Mm. I'm also a marketing graduate so I like Mm. talking to people yeah and I I use that strength to maybe have an impact one family at a time Mm. because yeah I think you would agree that in the Philippines, finance is a taboo. People mm, don't want yes. to talk about their income. Uh, <laughs> people don't even want to disclose their salaries, even to financial advisors. Yes, 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 that's true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I think that's and what that, triggered me to, to join the industry of insurance. Right. So you did you join... Uh, or become a financial advisor right after graduating college? Uh, my first job was not a financial advisor. Right mm. after college, I jumped into the corporate world. Mm. So yeah, I, I went into the corporate world straight out of college as, a, as an executive assistant slash marketing mm. and customer relations lead in an wow. automotive. Mm automotive company so it's kind of mm-hmm. far from <laughs> yeah. insurance but then yeah but then that and, first job really gave me mm-hmm. a, a good training to talk to people because it's like mm-hmm. customer relations so I handle complaints mm-hmm. and everything so mm-hmm. marketing as well so that was the first yeah. job my my financial advisor used to visit me in in the office to mm-hmm. send me the policy my first ever policy Ah, so you got, so you're um, that person who, or that financial advisor who encouraged you to become a financial advisor was also your very first financial advisor. Yeah. Yeah, all right. That's good. And I guess it's, uh, so these things, I feel like they're serendipitous encounters um, because you're right, here in the Philippines, and that's your story is similar to mine as well in a sense that when I was first uh, first approached by a financial advisor, I was 21 years old. I remember that I was 21 years old and I because I went to the bank and then there is a financial advisor right um, in the bank mm-hmm. that would offer you. Um, hey, do you want to learn more about insurance and um, investments? And I listened through that talk. And when I went home, I told my mom about it. And she said, no, 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 no. Don't get that. Don't get that. It, there will only take your money. So I remember mm-hmm. that talk. So 
imagine from 21 years old to 27 years old, I did not have protection. And I thought that was okay because my parents said it was okay. Just like your parents thought that it was okay because they were fine until tragedy, unfortunately, struck and we had to reevaluate everything that we have. But the good thing about it, it is because of that, we are able to see that there's something that we can do as Filipinos in order to make a better life for ourselves. And that is through um, risk management. So I think that I, I really love that you shared your story because I believe that it resonates with a lot of people. Now, when you started as a financial advisor, like, did you already have an ideal client in mind? Like, who do I want to talk to the most in order to um, get my message across? Or did you just start with, like, anyone who you can reach out to? Well, initially... Honestly, I thought I was too young to be in the industry. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, Mm because looking at the insurance industry before, they were like, insurance agents are usually in their 30s or in their 40s. Yeah. um, Or or planning their retirement. So they want a a job that's uh, flexible in terms of their Mm -hmm. schedule. So I thought I was too young to be in the industry. So my target market was just my network, like people my age who are still starting Mm. their careers or Mm -mm. people who just graduated like me that time or people Mm -mm. who are probably in their first or second job. But Mm. then eventually, little did I know, I reached to the clients that are like my parents. (laughs) Mm. Yeah, Parents in their 40s and their 30s, they're actually coming in already. Um, I think mm. it's also because of the because I, I usually share my story to my prospects and my clients. So Mm-mm-mm. maybe the stories just like, you know, went from mm. one house to another. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. So through word of mouth. Mm. Yeah, through word of mouth. And eventually eventually I've I, I realized that I've been talking to a lot of parents already, not just mm. um people my age. And mm. I think I think it's also very relevant to the mission that I am in, which is to, mm. because the parents actually lead the way to where their kids are going. I think you mm. would agree, right? Yes, <laughs> so, yes. Yeah, although it's a different kind of approach to parents as well as, I mean, compared to talking to people my age because mm. the priorities are different, right? Mm. The goals yes. are different. So mm. how they see insurance are also different. Like people my age, I just think about insur- insurance as an income protection. But mm. for parents, they think about insurance as their retirement mm. or education for their children. Because mm. this is also what I've been telling them, how I position insurance to them. I, mm. I... Explain it to them in a way that we need to stop sandwich generation. That's I mean, have you heard of sandwich generation? Ah, yes. I am part of one. I'm sure that, oh, (laughs) I, because you don't have a child yet, but yes, I am part of one. I was a solo parent at the very early age of 21 years old. Um, But I was also supporting my my mom who wasn't working Mm -hmm. anymore. So I fully support the idea of stopping the sandwich generation because it is 
a reality for majority of us Filipinos. Yeah, and most of the parents that I talk to are actually in that generation, in the sandwich mm-hmm. generation. Mm-hmm. And the the message that I, that I um, give to them is that, do you want your child to, you know, go through the same uh, cycle? Mm-hmm. So at least prepare for your retirement so that your children won't have to carry the obligation of taking care of you in mm-hmm. the future and actually yeah. live their lives as adults as normal mm-hmm. adults, right? I mean, yeah. I don't know because some people would actually think that it's selfish. Yes, I think because that's the culture that we were yeah. brought up with. But I feel like what you're saying is that we can be as generous to our family as we can and still be able to confidently say that we don't need our kids to walk out, to um, sustain us through retirement. Yeah, I think you would agree that it's a common mm. mindset in the Filipino mm. Um, mm. culture that kids are our retirement funds. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Unfortunately, yeah. um, that is something that I still hear from a lot of my the the people I know that are my age, especially um, because I know that the the parents that are my age are thinking differently now but their parents they're not were not and it's not that they're bad parents it's just that that's just how they were wired to think like yeah i'll make sure that my son becomes a doctor so that he'll earn more money um so that when he's uh, successful and um earning a lot then i can stop working and he can like put his uh, younger siblings to school and then help mm-hmm. me with my medications, stuff like that, right? So, um, or the the long-standing trend of uh, sometimes, sometimes, please don't. I, I hope that I don't offend anyone. Um, requiring their children to um, take up nursing uh, in order to uh, go abroad, right? <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. uh, be- I-, I know because this was a trend um, in my... Years ago. My, in a generation. Yes, yeah, years ago. Uh, <laughs> I know that um, the nursing, in, like, nursing uh, course was a, a big like I- ideal course for a lot mm-hmm. of parents for their children because of specifically because they want them to um, become nurses abroad because it earns more money. Um, so something like that, right? Yeah. Um, it's like because of the generation ahead of us, we cannot mm-hmm. live the life that we wanted to live. Mm-hmm. For, right? That's, that's so true. Um, and and I think there's still like a bit of that, uh, like there are still people who think that way now, um, mm-hmm. hopefully because there are more and more financial advisors who are like you, who have realized that we can break the cycle, um, that they're able to um, get that message out there that there is a chance that we can break the cycle here, at least here in the Philippines, so that the next generation may be richer because they don't have to um, portion their income for their 
for their parents. And instead, mm-hmm. they can use that money to to invest, to to travel and see the world, and yeah. all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. And right. aside from that. Uh, we mm-hmm. don't want to, for these parents to actually just think about their kids themselves, right? I mean, like, mm-hmm. you're not getting the insurance just because of, for that reason. Of course, it's also mm-hmm. for, for, the, for, for them, for the parents, basically. Mm-hmm. Because we know that these parents, or the parents, <laughs> I don't know, mm-hmm. um, we, we know that parents are working very hard, right? They're working mm-hmm. very hard for a better future for their family, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not the same for everyone, but in a nutshell, that's the general idea of it. We work to earn money to get a better life, yeah. buy the things that a house, a car, anything that makes life more comfortable. And then these are hard-earned money that we work for years. And mm, then just yeah. in a snap of a finger, you, you lose everything. Mm. And commonly, it's not enough. <laughs> Even if you sell everything. Mm. Yes, that's you, true. It's not even enough, and you know, you you fall in debts, and then your your family will carry the same um, liability, and mm-hmm. we just yeah. need to stop the cycle. That's true. Now you mentioned that you position insurance and investments um, in a way that your that parents, your clients understand, but how? Mm-hmm. Do you position yourself as a financial advisor? How do you um, position your value mm-hmm. to them? That's actually a very good question. Um, mm-hmm. Right now, I position my value as a financial advisor by, ins- by ensuring that my clients understand how insurance works. So yeah, um, in addition to that, I, I position uh, myself, I position my value as a financial advisor by being a lifetime partner to my clients mm-hmm. to to actually understand also why they're getting one why mm-hmm. they need one not mm-hmm. just you know pushing them to understand why insurance is important but also understanding them as well like how this plan will help them how, why they see this important for them so yeah it's important that i also understand my clients um, mm. I also believe that not all people are my clients. So, mm. yeah. In in my team, I'm I'm sure you're aware, right? That um, mm. in in the insurance industry, we have teams. So in my team, um, we were trained to even choose our clients wisely. Mm. Choose our mm-hmm. clients. So yeah, in a sense, we choose our clients in a way because this partnership, the lifelong partnership that we have is is a long-term thing it's not when they got as an insurance policy that's it it's actually mm. not the end of the transaction it's it's actually mm. the start of the transaction mm. it's it's when we we communicate to them more often it's mm. when we check mm. up on them maybe mm. twice a year to check on how their life is going because yeah. the the relationship between me and my clients don't just end right after they get the policy but mm, mm. it's where it actually starts, right? Mm, so, mm. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Um, it, a, a financial advisor is uh, is not an easy career path to take in a sense that um, you're actually, you, you have ideally 
you should commit to a lifetime partnership to your clients. And I think that's a very good um, strategy that your team is taking to choose your clients. Because um, I do hear that from a lot of financial planners that most of them actually want to niche on a particular uh, a, a, a per a, an avatar, if you will, of a person. Mm -hmm. So for you, it, those are parents. Um, for other people, like I mentioned offline, I, I interviewed a financial planner named Sikigo, who uh, whose niche is our scientists, and they want to invest their time to those particular people because they know that they can commit to a lifetime partnership with them, mm, right? Yeah. So, um, so yeah, and it, it's very, I'd like to learn more about um, your team dynamics, but maybe we can talk about that in the future. For now though, mm -hmm. like how do you explain your the, the importance of insurance to parents in the, like, do you have a framework that you can share with us on how you do it that makes them say, yes, I need it? Oh, there's a lot, actually. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's it's safe for me to share it to you that I look at the videos of Dr. Sanjay Talani. Mm -hmm. yes, yes, <laughs> yeah, yes, I know him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I also look at um, how he does things. And mm. he's one of the insurance gurus, I think, not only mm. in the Philippines. Yes, yeah. yes, worldwide, yes. So, mm. Yeah, there are actually a lot of frameworks that we can use, but it all boils down to what type of parents they are, what type of, mm -hmm. not just parents, actually, what type of clients we're, we're talking to. So mm. we can, usually I'm comfortable using the bank versus VUL framework. Mm. I'm not sure if mm -hmm. you're familiar, but it's um, comparing putting all your savings in the bank versus mm. segmenting it and putting a portion of it to insurance. Mm. Not just VUL per se, but bank versus the insurance. So mm. putting your savings mm. in the bank, a portion of it, and then another would be um, maybe half of it to insurance. It's like, it's the same when, when your client already has the habit of saving, it becomes mm. easier for them to... Um, in, to put their money in insurance, it's like mm. diversifying their their finances, not just putting mm. it in one basket. So yeah. might as well because um, in a nutshell, we ask these this questions like when you get sick, what does the bank give you? Mm. Mm -hmm. Basically, your savings. Mm. Mm -hmm. um, if you pass away, what does the bank give you? Basically, the money that's there less mm. tax. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. It's and it's more different for your it's more difficult for your heirs to get that money as well. It takes a lot of mm -hmm. paperwork to process it. Not a yeah, very smart way to <laughs> leave something I mean, behind. Because I think this is this framework is very relevant to us, especially mm. in the Philippines, because um growing up we were always taught to put our savings in the piggy bank. Mm. I, mm -hmm. You mentioned that before, yeah. You mentioned yes, that a while yeah, ago. Yeah. Putting your money in the piggy bank. And to be honest, I have a client that just puts her money in the piggy bank before mm. I introduced insurance to her. I mean... Oh, she doesn't put it in the bank. She doesn't either. E either. Mm. Yeah. Mm. She doesn't either. Yeah, so then. she just used to put it in a piggy bank. And then... Um, so her income goes into the bank, withdraw, mm. and then... 
she plays it in her piggy bank. So that's mm. also one of the um, framework that I use is that when you put your money elsewhere um, in a vehicle that we call insurance, your money works differently. Mm. And aside from the returns that you may get while you're living, it also gives you a sense of protection that in times of uncertainties, you have mm. something that actually protects your actual savings, which is the ones in the bank, right? Mm. So yeah, that's the framework that I use commonly. But of course, still, it depends on what the client, who the client is. Yeah, because the first step basically is to know your client. So this yeah. framework may not always be effective, mm. but it's the most common in the Philippines. Yeah, I I understand what you mean because it's a uh, an an analogy that's very easy to grasp as well. Yeah. Because a lot of Filipinos rely on savings in the banks. They like I mentioned to you before. Like for me, I don't I didn't even invest when I was in my early twenties because I was afraid of investing. Uh, you you mentioned that I I told you about a piggy bank. I remember, I still have it, um, and it has served me well um, during uh, the Typhoon Odette <laughs> because the ADMs were closed. But I, I understand what you mean that you have to diversify and not put your eggs in one basket, basically. So, right. Um, well, aside from that, uh, the, the framework that you use, are there like common concerns you hear from parents about insurance or even financial advisors and how do you address those concerns the most common concern that i hear from from my clients would be how long will i pay for this mm, <laughs> or yes. or am i not allowed to be sick let's say for example the the premium or the years to pay is let's say 15 years and then they ask mm. me Am I not allowed to die within 15 years or am I not allowed to get sick within 15 years? Mm. So yeah, that's the most common misconception. Or um, here, there's another one. Um, they asked me if um, insurance, that's only, I can only get that when I die. <laughs> so that's a very common misconception. So um, very common because in the Philippines, like I said, insurance is not very well accepted. <laughs> yeah, yes. it, it's not even taught in school, at least not mm. not in my school. I don't know with others, but yeah, no, it's not taught definitely in not. not commonly. Mm. Yeah, mm. not commonly taught in school. So yeah, they asked me if if insurance is just all about passing away, mm. and that's the common misconception. So I always tell them that no. In fact, there are a lot of benefits that insurance can give um, mm. because it can give you protection from getting sick. I mean, you know, mm. like protecting your income, uh, protecting your income. Oh, yeah, this is what I wanted to add in the last question. It's like protecting your hard-earned money because we know that we're saving. The purpose of mm. I mean, there's always a purpose why we're saving. We could be saving money for, for the rainy days or we're like when you mentioned about the debt, the typhoon mm. in the Philippines. Mm. Um, there's a lot of reasons why we're saving. It may be in times of rainy days. It may be mm. getting a brand new car or getting a house or maybe for further studies or for mm. kids, for the future. And the 
purpose of insurance is protecting that savings. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, the protecting our hard-earned money. And then, mm-hmm. that's why the most common concern that they get is, what if... What if I don't pass away after 15 years? I mean, I mean, what if what if something what if something happens to me within that paying years? What if something mm. happens to me within that paying years? Um, mm. Do I get my benefits only after the paying years? So yeah, that's the mm. most common misconception. Or um, also they they ask us if ever they can only get the benefits from insurance only if they pass away, but then no, because mm-hmm. it actually protects your savings from from being burned out from getting sick mm-hmm. or being mm-hmm. having a disability, especially mm-hmm. accidents, right? Mm-hmm. Accidents yes. are something that we don't something that we don't expect. Basically all of these things are what we normally call uncertainties. Mm-hmm. But they're actually yeah. not. Mm-hmm. We it's the only thing that's uncertain here is that we don't know when it will happen, but mm. we are certain that it will happen. Mm. It's just that we are afraid to face the reality that we are all gonna die. Mm. We're all gonna pass away. Yeah, it's, um, we're all gonna get sick. That's one of the taboos that people, um, Filipinos, don't talk about, right? Death. Um, and so that's why in re- in in junction to that, they don't talk about insurance because they don't want to talk about dying. <laughs> yeah. Um, they don't want to talk about getting sick. And mm. in fact, I, my favorite, it's weird because I have a favorite rider. I have a favorite benefit, mm. <laughs> which is mm-hmm. the hospitalization benefit. Mm. I mean, mm. you don't you don't have to actually get to the point where you 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 choose to die just to get the insurance mm-hmm. benefit, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But now yeah. insurance are giving you the benefit even if you just hospitalize. Mm-hmm. Hospitalize mm-hmm. for whatever sickness. Mm-hmm. So yeah. see, there's a lot of benefits to it, not just passing away. And I think that's also what I share to my clients to eliminate the fear and give them the sense of security instead. Yeah. So uh, that essentially is your value as a financial advisor, right? Um, but only if you also believe that that is your value to them as well. And I love that, that mm-hmm. you really yeah. explain why you need this. Because there are a lot of, basically what I'm hearing is that those questions um, are not just centers around uncertainty, but that those people are actually afraid that they are investing or buying or giving away their money for something that they're on the losing end, right? Like mm. um, yeah. one of the questions like, mm, I only get this after how many years or huh, I, I can't get this after or like how long, mm. like one of those funny questions, how long do I have to pay for it? <laughs> Right. Um, I, I say that it's funny, but it's actually like a legitimate fear for um, a lot of people who do not, who has not yet grasped the understanding of what an insurance policy can do for them. And that's a mm-hmm. good way Definitely. to position yourself. Yes, as as an not just an advocate for for insurance but to 
educate them on the value of it and what they can lose if they don't get it. And it's very funny that these are not explained in school. Uh, as you mentioned, this was not taught in your school, wasn't taught in my school as well. Um, but I, I know that we had economics, but this was not mentioned. Um, yeah. And I think that, right, that it has to change because it's easier for people to understand something that they already know. My only concern is that sometimes people invest in things that they don't understand, like Bitcoin. So I'm not saying that Bitcoin is bad um, or cryptocurrency is bad, but I have heard from a lot of people that they've invested in that. And when I ask them, like, what does it do? Where does your money go? They can't fully mm -hmm. uh, explain it to me. Yeah. So I know that there are still a lot of like gray areas in their mind about it. Um, and yet, when regards to insurance, they are very skeptical about it, right? Um, mm -hmm. So yeah. I guess like it's it's really nice to hear that you're able to overcome these um, pushbacks from from your clients. And I feel like you, you're able to explain the value of it in a very succinct way because mm -hmm. they are able to um, get past their, um, their prejudice about insurance and finally get mm -hmm. one. So, yeah, I, I, really, I, I really applaud you, Ray, because mm -hmm. you're able to um, join the good cause of, um, you know, advocating uh, financial literacy to more Filipinos mm -hmm. um, in order for us to break away from the, the sandwich generation. Now, um, yeah. so you're a young um, financial advisor. You mentioned that most of the, like, you, you started in this industry young. What would you advise young people who are interested to jump into the financial advice bandwagon, but are somewhat concerned that they're also too young for the industry? My advice would definitely be do it for a purpose, uh, mm. to do the mission. I mean, insurance or financial, being a financial advisor are, is actually still sales, right? We mm. are still yeah. doing sales. Um, whether we like it or not, it's still yes. sales. Mm -mm. Um, we just call ourselves financial advisors, but we still sell insurance. It's just mm -mm, that mm -mm. it's more than just selling. It's building mm -mm. relationships. But mm -mm. in the selling part, because of course, you won't, um, you won't flourish being a financial advisor if you don't sell. So it's like selling is the first step and then the, mm. the relationship building comes after right after mm -mm, so mm -mm. um in the selling part it can be very difficult it can mm -mm. be very frustrating and depressing at times mm -mm. but then you'll be able to overcome it when you are doing this for a mission when you're mm -mm. doing this with a purpose when you know your deepest why of why you're actually doing this more than just commission mm -mm. Uh, mm -mm. more than just earning more than just your your own um financial um, gain mm -mm. because sales is also equally rewarding mm -mm. so then again you just really have to um, embrace that you're doing this for a mission actually I'd just like to add again in our team 
Yeah. Aside yeah. from embracing the the belief that we need mm. to choose our clients, Mm-mm. we also embrace the value of commission over uh, mission over commission. Mm. So it's mm-hmm. always mission over commission in our team. So mm. yeah, it's like it can be depressing at times. It can be frustrating. It can be mm. tiring, especially when. Mm. Because eventually in, in your career, you will have clients who you don't really earn from them. I mean, I'm mm. talking as a salesperson now, not as mm. a financial advisor entirely, mm. but as a salesperson. Mm. In, in your career as a financial advisor, you will meet clients. You will meet clients who are not actually yours from the very beginning. Mm. So mm-hmm. they got an insurance plan from a different advisor and then mm-hmm. uh, after a year or two, they decided to transfer their policy to your servicing as a financial mm-hmm. advisor. Basically, mm-hmm. at that point, you don't earn anything from this client, mm-hmm. and, but you still have the mission to serve this client. Mm-hmm. So for some, maybe that is not very motivating to do because mm-hmm. servicing mm-hmm. is the most tiring part. As a financial Mm-mm. advisor, especially yeah. it's a it's a long term thing. Mm-mm. So you just have to keep in mind that it's always mission over commission. Mm-hmm. You don't always earn from a lot from from these people, but eventually, when you do your your service well, when you do your mission well, Mm-mm. they will recommend you to other clients. They will, yes. you know, mm-hmm. it's just the word of mouth. And Mm-mm. when you do Mm-mm. things, not just in selling insurance, but as a person, as a whole, mm. as a Mm-mm. entirely, um, in a in a different generally, in generally, um, when you do things at your best, things will return to you a hundred folds. Yeah, that's true. Um, what my favorite uncle. <laughs> Abraham Lincoln said, whatever you are, be a good one. Uh, and yeah. I, it, that always resonates with me because you're right. Um, when you're a good person, you try, or at least you try to good, do good by um, another person, whatever it is that you try to do, if they can see the value in that and they, and they appreciate that, then they will refer you to other people. And that's how you make business, even though you weren't able to initially get um, something from that person. The fact that they appreciate you and they become your raving fans and tell their friends about you, that's a good thing. And I think Mm -hmm. that's a good feeling feeling as well, right? Um, Having people say that, yeah, yeah, like, you know, I know that you're not getting anything from me, but I really appreciate that you're still doing this for me. Uh, so, yes, and I guess I understand what he say that being a financial advisor, especially when you're starting in the industry, can be very frustrating, right? Um, aside from um, servicing clients that were um, that you're not getting income from you also mm-hmm. get to have a lot of rejections um, you get rejected mm-hmm. a lot you get frustrated because mm, some of the uh, clients that you thought appreciated your uh, appreciated the insurance policy that you um, referred them or that they took um, in the long run, they did not pay for it anymore. So, <laughs> yeah. right? And they, they have fears. You have to really 
um, coach them or become their cheerleader to say, hey, you can still do this. Yeah, and uh, I really appreciate your team's motto, mission over commission, because that sets um, a good example for uh, young financial advisors or upcoming financial Mm -hmm. advisors who are listening to this podcast right now. Actually, um, in addition to that, I have a lot of um, teammates, co-financial mm-hmm. advisors, who, mm-hmm. when they started, actually lost some friends along the way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's also sad. something that you might want to prepare for when you're planning mm-hmm. to become a financial advisor. Because like how we always mentioned it, um, like what we always mentioned a while ago, finance mm-hmm. or or insurance is a taboo in the Philippines and there are a mm. lot of misconceptions. Other mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. may not understand you. Other people may not understand what you're doing, Mm-mm. may not see the value of what you're doing, and then mm-hmm. they'll just misinterpret everything that you do. Even just yes. even when you're just mm-hmm. saying, hi, how are you? Mm-mm. The Mm-mm. reply Mm-mm. would be, I don't want to get insurance. <laughs> oh, that's so, sad. Some but yes, they are... Sometimes your how are you becomes misleading for them already. Ah, mm. <laughs> uh, definitely, I know what you mean. So I remember a financial advisor tell me that this career can be a lonely, um, can yeah, can be a lonely career. But it's also like uh, I remember him saying it's also a good thing because it weeds out um, any false friends. So. He another advisor told me. Actually, it's not another advisor. It's my husband, um, who is also a financial advisor. Told me that he feels that it's when when his uh, friends or acquaintance like scenes on him or yes, yeah, say like even if he says hi and they either don't re- uh, they say no, not interested upfront. He takes it as a challenge. Um, because he understands that this people, this person has a fear of something that he doesn't understand. So he takes it up as a challenge upon himself to slowly educate that person. Um, even if he, that person doesn't take um, insurance policy from him, when he's ready, because of the message that he puts out in social media, mm-hmm. then he will take it from uh, take insurance from someone else and have hopefully a better life for it so yeah i i guess yeah so yeah again going back to mission before commission yeah mission over commission always yeah actually i tried a million times already i tried Mm -hmm. actually waking up at 2 a.m to (laughs) serve uh to explain insurance to a prospect and mm, this is a face-to-face mm. um, mm. Uh, conversation. This this is a face-to-face mm. presentation. And mm. eventually, I, I was well aware that this client was um, already scouting for different insurance companies. So mm. I was well aware. But then I still mm. took on the challenge to um, meet with him at 2 a.m. Wow. Super, because um he works on a graveyard, so it was yeah, yeah. I had to adjust to his schedule, but then mm. 
to make the long story short, he, I was like, oh, how are you? Did you mm-hmm. finally decide on what insurance to take? And he said, mm-hmm. yeah, I got from this company. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, okay. <laughs> but <laughs> if you're a different, um, if you see this job differently, you would take mm-hmm. that situation differently, right? Mm-hmm. But then mm-hmm. if it's always mission over commission, you'll have to be happy for him that, at the end of the day, whatever company or whoever advisor he got insurance from, mm-hmm. that client is already insured. Yeah, yeah, that's and right. That's the, um, that's the best way to end the day. <laughs> that's true. One less um, Filipino yeah. to worry about, right? Uh, yeah, it and, means that you explained insurance well to him, that he understood. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's a wonderful way of looking at it, Ray. Thanks so much. Now, uh, before we formally end the podcast, where can people find you if they want to get to know you more or contact you? Uh, you can contact me through my Facebook page. Um, mm-hmm. I have a page for all the insurance needs. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. yeah. That's Ray, Ray Manigos. And my personal Facebook account, that's also Ray Manigos. Right. It's very simple, actually. It's on Facebook and Instagram, Ray Manigos. Mm-hmm. On mm-hmm. Instagram, I have uh, an account for for my financial career that's Better mm. Pinoy. So, wow. yeah, it's Better Pinoy on Instagram. And on Facebook, that's Ray Manigos Financial Advisor. And that's it. Run, also follow oh, me on TikTok if you want. <laughs> oh, nice, nice. I do appreciate financial advisors who get into the uh, TikTok um, to reach more people because I wanted to try it, still haven't. It's almost a year, <laughs> but yes, very much. I will put all those links in the show notes for this podcast. But you also mentioned that you've got some cool stuff um, cooking in the future. Uh, care to share? Oh, yes, definitely. Um, on March 26, yeah, on March 27, sorry, March 27, that's a Sunday, I'm going to have a webinar on Zoom open to everyone, actually. Mm-hmm. It's a basic budgeting 101 for nice. everyone who wants to join. Probably mm. I can also send you a registration link. Um, mm. This is this is for freelancers, BPO people, and um, people who wants to join and learn more about budgeting one hundred and one. Cool. All right. So I'll definitely um, include that in the show notes. If in case it happens before this uh, podcast airs, then I'll go ahead and share it in our social media as well. So thank you so much, Ray, for being on the show, sharing your um, journey into financial advice and how you do things to help your clients and help Filipinos um, have a better financial future. So again, thanks so much and you have a good one. Thank you. Thank you so much, Gwen.